Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. We're going to talk about freedom. And tonight's message is called Cast It Off. Now, we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about this maybe in a way, well, actually, some of you have maybe, maybe never even heard of this topic before. And that's cool. We'll, we'll make it so everyone can understand. And those of you who've been through this before, I think you'll still uncover something in this message. So let's start with a good verse. Um, I have to look at my notes because I don't memorize Bible verses. But then I realized even Jesus wasn't that good at it. Remember, he always said, remember it was said that. And then he would paraphrase the Old Testament. Even Jesus didn't know his scripture references. He wasn't like, well, this was Ezekiel 4.18. No, he just said, do you remember it was said? So I get some grace. <laughs> All right, Ephesians 6, 11 through 12. Put on the whole armor of God. We love the armor of God message that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, wily coyote devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities powers against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The first thing we often have to remember is the battle begins in the spiritual. And when you look at this powers, principalities, rulers of heavenly places, it turns out that hell is arranged as an upside down kingdom. There are hierarchies in hell, just like there are hierarchies in heaven. Did you know the angels were given authority in different governmental positions? We, in the new, in the new earth and revelation, will be given different hierarchies of positions. And the devil said, I'm going to copy that. Because the devil can't actually create anything. He can only corrupt. There is nothing in the world that the devil creates. He just, he just corrupts. And so even the kingdom, there are, there are demonic entities. There are principalities over regions. Oh, you mean we're in a city where we want some things to shift. You can't win that battle in the physical until you've won it in the spiritual. You have to tear down the spiritual principality that is powering the physical things that you see. There's a pretty good Supreme Court case going on right now. I think you may have heard about it. There has been a national, there's been a national principality and power that has ruled over people to be... This, this very pro-choice, but is it really pro-choice? You know, this, this abortion thing is very much something that is fueled, and typically in anything that we're talking about in today's climate, there's things that, you know, I ever start to get in those arguments with people, and you realize this is the most irrational conversation. In fact, you're actually a really smart person. How do you believe that well, it turns out that they are agreeing with something that is fueled at a principality layer. And every demonic principality, there are big fish and there are little fish. There are things we experience as a city. There are things you experience as a country. There are things you experience in your household, over a household or over a certain thing. But then there's also the individual little things that we all experience. And so we have to remember that when we talk about freedom... Maybe next time I'll talk about how we go after principalities. But for today, I want to talk about the things, the little ankle biters that attack our life. 
that might be fueled by someone higher up in the kingdom of hell, but for the most part, they're just coming after us. And the truth is, all those big bad demons, you can recognize them when they're coming after you. It's the ones that you don't recognize that will do the most damage in your life. And that's actually what we want to go after tonight, okay? So, like Pastor Matt said, deliverance is normal. It's a third of Jesus' ministry. In fact, Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom has come. So, casting out demons is a sign of the kingdom coming. Now, where else have we heard kingdom come? Oh, the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Oh, so if you want to live up to the Lord's Prayer, this ministry actually has to be a part of that. In fact... I got, I got to confess something. I'm not a deliverance minister. I'm a Christian. Because Jesus commissioned in Matthew 10, 8, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. Come on, come on. Cast out demons. And all he says is, freely you've received, freely give. So me, I'm someone that received freedom. And I received the Holy Spirit. So now I can set people free. That's it. That's it. All, every one of you can go through this process. I had to go through the process of freedom. Each one of you can go through the process of experiencing freedom. And then each one of you can actually go through the process of setting yourself free and setting others free. Okay? That sound good? Everyone feeling good? Did anyone feel any resistance getting here tonight? Raise your hand. Uh-huh. Why do you think you felt resistance? Because the enemy knows what's going to happen tonight. And he, he'll do whatever he can to distract you, to try to make things go wrong, to, get, to knock you off your game. But we're going to talk about this. The enemy has no authority we don't give him. Even, even in the book of Job, when the devil did all those things to Job, did you know the devil first had to ask God for permission? And we're not really supposed to understand why God allowed it. But the point was, even then, that even when Peter denied Jesus three times and Jesus knew about this, Jesus went up to Peter and he said, hey, Satan asked if he could sort you. Do you realize that? There's something to be said about that. So the verse that I want to anchor us on tonight is Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30. This is usually not a verse you think about. This is one of those like sweet, pretty verses we say and we feel so good inside when we hear it. Let's see, do we have it up on the screen? Yeah, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. <laughs> Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Oh, Jesus, this is the Jesus I want. This is the life I want, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Okay, so here's what I want you to take away from that verse. You were designed to be yoked. Can we, can we put that back up, that last verse? My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Yokes? Burdens? He's telling you, oh, don't worry, it's easy. Don't worry, it's light. No, he's telling you to be yoked and to be burdened. What does that even mean? Well, what is a yoke? A yoke is something that you would put on oxen. When the oxen are plowing the fields, you put the yoke, like the wooden thing, on their neck. And you put them side by side, and they move, and they plow the soil. 
a yoke is a harness that someone else puts on you to steer you and to guide you. The burden that you carry that's light is still the contents of the cart you're pulling behind you. See, here's the thing. In the Garden of Eden, the devil told a lie. He, he tried to trick Adam and Eve into believing that they could exist yoke-free. That was the lie, that they could exist without being yoked. But you were designed to be yoked. The question is, what will you be yoked to? If you're not yoked to Jesus, you're going to get yoked to something else. And here's the thing. Who you are yoked to will determine which direction you move in life. Okay, the thief does not come to accept to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that you may have life and life abundant. Are things in your life being stolen, killed, or destroyed? That's horrible. We, we want that life that Jesus promised about that's restful, peaceful, light. Does life ever feel like it's anxious? Does it feel like it's heavy? There may be yokes in your life. Here's the thing. We can have multiple yokes on us, pulling us in different directions. You always try to wonder, okay, I may have been yoked to some stuff that I didn't like, but then I got saved. Well, that means we put Jesus' yoke on, but our entire life we're moving to be renewed into the image and likeness of Christ. Our entire Christian walk is about becoming more and more like Jesus. It's also about taking off more and more of those yokes. See, we can put on the yoke of Christ without taking off other yokes we've been carrying. And there are certain things you can't do with your own strength. Only Jesus can remove yokes. No matter how hard you try, you might run out of patience. You might run out of grace. You ever felt those things that you've tried and you've tried and you've tried to break something and you can't break it? Anyone ever been there? We see it a lot with addictions, but we see it a lot with anger. We see it a lot with resentment. I, no matter how hard I try, I can't break it. And the answer is you're right. You can't. You got to put on the yoke of Jesus, but you also have to let the one steering the cart take off the other yokes. So can Christians have yokes from the enemy? Yes. Peter. Peter. Peter denied Jesus three times. Satan asked if he could sort out Peter. Peter went through the denial. Somehow Satan got in there. Judas. You know Judas walked with the disciples? He cast out demons himself. Judas himself cast out demons, healed the sick, cleansed the lepers. And a very saved person got filled with something he wasn't supposed to be filled with. He took on the yoke of the devil. So we can carry things. And so our process is how to become first yoked to Jesus. To have the best life. The, the life that's light. That's wonderful. That's restful. That's awesome. That's territory taking. That's kingdom. While also unhooking from everything else. That's not kingdom. Okay? So here's how it works. If an aspect of your life is not fully yoked to Jesus... It's vulnerable. First to deception. And if you agree with that deception, you become yoked to oppression. Deception is external. Something can go wrong, and you hear that little whisper on your ear, that little you know, angel devil on your shoulder. The little guy says, hey, you know what? That person wronged you. You should hate them. 
And you go, yeah, that's a good idea. I should, that would be, that would make me feel so good to just be pissed off at this person, right? But when we come into agreement, that deception can become an oppression. And just, look, the devil can't just throw a yoke on you. You have to agree. But so, he's so conniving. He makes these yokes feel good. Oh, does it feel good? Oh, man, I, I really want to be upset right now. You know what? I'm going to stay upset at you forever. Oh, devil says, yeah, I'll put a yoke on that. And all of a sudden, he enters that aspect of your life. And now there is something steering you. How come every time something happens, I keep getting pulled in this direction? No matter what happens, I keep getting bitter at people. You know what I'm saying? Or you start to, you know, a lot of times with addictions, a lot of the things, there's, there's what we do to compensate and to try to numb what's going on in our life. And people will trade one addiction for another because, well, okay, I, I broke off of this. Well, I'm going to get hooked on this. But I'm going to, oh, you keep, getting, you keep getting pulled in different directions because when the deception becomes a greed, you now enter an oppression. That yoke of the devils come on you and your life naturally pulls in that direction. So if you want to know if there's a yoke on your life that doesn't belong there, where are the ceilings? Where are the patterns? Where are the things you can't break from that your life just kind of keeps pulling that way? And here's the thing. We explain stuff away so much. The reason you have to study the Bible to realize who you are and what you were meant to be so you can recognize that the life you're experiencing isn't that. How, how do you know you're built for prosperity? Look, I just want whatever I need to get through this life. Well, there could be poverty is different when it's a mindset. And when it's a bondage, when it's a yokage that you just keep getting pulled, all of a sudden you can't break through a ceiling of, break, of financial breakthrough. Because there's actually a yoke to losing things, to things always getting hacked off prosperity-wise. So you realize that these yokes come in through all these different ways. Okay? And there's a couple different ways that this happens. In fact, if you heard my last preach, I talked about this, and I'll probably talk about this till, the end, till I die. This concept of there's this... There's the stage of brokenness that we all go through. We experience trauma or pain. We all experience it, some way more severe than others. But even the little things can still be an opportunity for you to make an agreement, to establish a yoke on you, to have some oppression on your life. We experience trauma. We can experience trauma and be fine. We can experience trauma and become so overwhelmed by the trauma that the trauma itself becomes a yoke. I've seen it all the time where people have become um, demonized because of abuse. Because abuse happened to them and they never left that moment. And they lived their entire life from the pain of that moment. But what happens with trauma is we respond to trauma and we have a choice. Did trauma happen to me or did it become me? So what happens is we become our trauma sometimes. Sometimes we choose to shift who we are, shift our identity based on what we experience. That person rejected me. Okay, no problem. Oh, I must be unworthy. I am less than worthy. Oh, you just made an agreement with something. And the enemy can put a yoke on that and say, yeah, you're right. Every time in life that something happens, you're going to feel unworthy. You're going to feel less than, no matter how hard you try. You could be promoted to the CEO of a multi-billion dollar company, you'll still feel unworthy. Because I'm attaching myself to the agreements that you made. 
So we have brokenness. We have the way that our identity responds to brokenness. And when we have broken identity, we create broken patterns to compensate. So when people come to me and they want deliverance, it's usually because things have gotten so bad. I explode in rage. I have addictions that I can't break. I'm stuck with like literally attacks in the night. Demonic oppression attacks in the night. I've experienced those before. They're, they're not fun. Anyone ever experienced those before? And, and then you, you say, how did this happen? The devil must have it out to get me. And I'm like, well, yeah, he did. But he didn't start there. Remember, the devil can only add a yoke to you through legal means. Did you give him legal means? What agreements did you make along the way to your trauma, to your identity, and then with your behaviors? So we have to understand, if you have patterns in your life you don't like, the first thing to do is say, is this discipline or is this deliverance? Because not everything is deliverance. Sometimes people sit back and say, can you just pray demons off of me? And I'm like, you don't have any. You're just lazy. (laughs) You have to be able to discern, are you truly being pulled in a direction that you cannot help. Because we still have to renew ourselves. We still have to be discipled and in this way move forward. But the question is, where do the patterns begin? What began it all? And so what I, we're going to go after today, we're gonna, if there are things that you feel stuck in, we're going to break those yokes. But the reality is I'd rather go to the root because the fruit will die with it. Let me give you some examples. Somewhere in here, there are my examples. Okay. So let's say you experience rejection. You're, you're in middle school, like me. In middle school, all my friends one day decided, we're not going to be friends with you anymore. That was rough. I could have gone through that just fine, but I internalized it. And I said, ooh, I must be something. So my rejection became inadequacy. Now, inadequacy, identity, can actually go many different ways. People take patterns across the spectrum. I said, I'm going to live for approval. All of a sudden, I had to live for people's approval. No matter what I did, I was fueled by the need to be approved by others. Others would take inadequacy and do the opposite and do nothing. I quit. What's even worth it? I'm small. I'm little. Why even try? And you find yourself in this pattern of living small or only living for approval, but it really comes from this inadequacy, which came from rejection. If we cut off the rejection, if we deal with the rejection, the rest of the domino effect will change the expression of your life. Here's another one. You could go through abuse as a kid. Verbal, physical, sexual, any type of abuse. Most people internalize that to shame. Oh, especially when it's perversion, especially when it's like sexual abuse. People go into this place of shame and sometimes will even shut out the memory of the abuse and all they know is they walk around in shame. Well, that shame can itself become perversion. Because shame says, I have been defiled, I will live defiled. So most people who live in perversion likely suffer from shame, which came from some form of abuse. So if we deal with the abuse, the perversion can break. You tracking with me? I can try to break perversion all day, but you're going to just come up with a different coping mechanism until the identity is fixed from the trauma that was caused. Here's another one. You can experience offense. Who's ever been offended before? Yeah, I'm sure I was offended 14 times today. 
But when you're offended, something you could do is you could make this little promise to yourself, except it's not to yourself, saying, I'm going to protect myself no matter the cost. No one else is allowed in. Well, now all of a sudden you're living in bad relationships. You ever had that experience of life? You don't have to raise your hand. Where you're living, where all your relationships are sour. Nothing seems to be going right. And you blame other people. Why am I attracted to these people? Why is it that I can't have a relationship, a romantic relationship, ever go well? Why do I keep ending up in the same place? Is it because you're picking bad people? Or is it that the yoke in you keeps steering you towards the same people and you have the same habits and you self-sabotage, you, you, you sabotage good things because of the yoke that's on you. So cut off the root and the fruit will die. And look, the devil makes it attractive. You know, he doesn't like to shove it in her face. He doesn't want it to be obvious. He starts with, you know what? You do want to be angry, don't you? I do. You know, I, you know what? You are a victim here. You know, I am. I, it feels better to live in this. And this is the lie that the devil perpetrates to us. And here's the, here's the dirtiest thing. These yokes can travel to the third or fourth generation. Some of the things you're caught in are because someone in your bloodline didn't break their yoke. I've seen it before. Well, you're struggling with rage. Did your dad deal with rage? How did you know? Did your grandpa deal with rage? Yeah. Oh, because you're receiving the inheritance of your forefathers. This can happen with so many things that things can actually travel from one generation to the next, which is why you are going to be curse breakers. Nothing will carry beyond you today. Nothing is going to carry beyond you because we're going to stop that cycle. We're going to break anything, that any yoke that's on your life, whether it came through the devil deceiving you or through the devil deceiving someone in your past. We're going to break it tonight so you can walk free, light, rested. If you want that verse, come to me all you who are weary. If you want the promises of that verse to be real, it's actually about yokes. It's about who are you yoked to and how do we unyoke from everything else. Here's a fun one. The parable of the two sons. I don't call it the parable of the prodigal son because there's two sons. Y'all know the story. They both misused their freedom. One used his freedom with lewd living. He ran off to Vegas, right? He went, he partied, he, he did some things he probably shouldn't have done, you know. And he thought, this is freedom. And his life was chaos. Very physically so, Right? When he comes home, we see the older brother. The older brother, how did he spend his freedom? Seeking his father's approval, feeling inadequate, in anger and bitterness against his brother and his father. And even though he had access to everything the father had, he was yoked to something else. And at the end of the story, the prodigal son became free, and the older brother did not. You ever think about the ending of that story? The one who ran back to the father. The one who said, this isn't freedom. I want these yokes off of my life. Got free. Who lived with more hell in them? The older brother who didn't even know how how to live in the blessings he had. How to celebrate the brother who had returned. The older brother, they both experienced freedom in very different ways. Only the one who came back 
to the Father is the one who experienced real freedom at the end. We can come from either side of the spectrum. You can come from prodigal living, or you can come from the most straight-laced religious lifestyle ever and still not be free. This gospel of grace is not about what you can do. Okay? If you want the gospel of grace, you have to recognize that it's received. And so some, some of the people who are in the greatest bondage, look, it's easy to spot someone who's caught in addiction, perversion, pornography, all the different things. The harder thing to spot is the one who looks like they're doing it right and their internal world is hell. And we, we think it's pious. Here's the thing. The deception of the devil is to make that look pious. Oh, well, you know, that person frowning all the time, um, they're holy because they've sacrificed all and they, they serve on seven teams and they, you know, they spend all their time doing this and that and they must be so holy and inside they're in turmoil. When I see someone who's doing all the right things and I can't sense any peace on their life, they have just as many yokes on their life as a person coming out of prodigal living. So you have to remember that we can break it all. The question is, are you yoked to Jesus and what other yokes do we need to get off? Because we want the life that's restful, that's light, that's peaceful. What is kingdom living? To get a revelation of that will tell you what in your life is living less than. Does that make sense? Okay. So the reason I called it cast it off is you must be willing to let go of things that you may have walked with your entire life. You thought they were normal because the devil was so, so slippery. He convinced you this is all life is. No, this is normal. It's normal people get upset all the time. It's normal people lose out on business deals every day. It's normal people struggle with relationships to this extent. You have to recognize something is not normal. And then you have to choose to cast it off. But remembering no amount of self-help you do can, can break a yoke. Only Jesus can break that yoke. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk through the five steps that, it depends on who you ask. There's anywhere from one to a thousand steps on how to do this. <laughs> My five steps on how to break a yoke. And then we're going to have some fun. And you're going to have the opportunity to cast off your yokes. You guys ready for this? Okay. Number one, submit. The first thing we have to do is submit to Jesus' yoke. It's that easy. Well, it's that simple, I should say. Easy is a different story. <laughs> but it's that simple. You have to let Jesus' yoke come on you. What's the good of being unyoked from the devil if you're not yoked to anything? You're just a bull wandering in circles. We don't want that. So we have to be ready to submit. Once we submit, we have to do something called repent. Now, most of us don't, we think repent is, oh, I'm so sorry, God, I won't do it again. We think repenting is apologizing. No, we, some of us even think repenting is, I'm just not going to do that anymore. Talk to me in six months, you've done it again. If we haven't removed the yoke. Repentance 
is exchanging a lie for the truth. If I have something in my life that isn't supposed to be there, repentance means, oh, that's not supposed to be there. Wait for it. This is instead. I'm not supposed to live in rage. I'm supposed to live in grace. I'm not supposed to live in addiction. I'm supposed to live in self-control. Repentance requires the replacing truth. What is the aspect of Jesus' yoke that replaces that? So you have to be cognizant of what it is you're releasing, but you also have to know what you're replacing it with, which is why you always must um, something something on our identity. I don't know. I'm blanking. Meditate. That's the word. Thank you. No one said that. Um, (laughs) I'm kidding. Someone said that. All right, number three, forgive. The Bible says the measure you use will be measured back against you. The judgments you cast will be judged back against you. You want to be released of something when you're holding things. It turns out that unforgiveness occupies so much space in you. And in fact, the majority of deliverances that I do will start with who do you need to forgive. And in fact, most of them will not be successful until you forgive someone. Because the measure of judgment you use is the measure of judgment you receive. So we have to be ready to release. We also have to cast off. Anytime we hold someone in judgment, anytime we hold someone in resentment or bitterness, that's actually a yoke that's on us. We have to release the yokes of bitterness and unforgiveness. The next thing we have to do is expel. Okay? So here's what I did. I put Jesus' yoke on me. I submitted. I recognized what in my life isn't from him. I repented. I I put myself on the proper orientation with forgiveness. And now it's time to yoke off. We call that expel. It's saying, this yoke that's on me, this oppression that's in me, this demon that is attached to a part of my life, it's time to say, bye-bye. And this expelling process is that simple. When Jesus did a deliverance, you know, he walked around and said, get out. Is it? Is it? He's like, uh, get out. He would say, deaf and dumb spirit, get out. That was it because the other things had, now with Jesus, you know, he can come in and skip steps because he's Jesus. When we walk ourselves through it, through repentance, through forgiveness, the process of expelling is saying this yoke off of my life. I break rejection off of my life. I break abuse off of my life. I break generational curses of X off of my life. I break addiction. Did I ever say that one? Probably. Off of my life. You can actually deliver yourself. Because it's in Jesus' name. When I say, I break this, I expel this, all you need is Jesus' name. He defeated the enemy. He got the keys of the kingdom. When he, right? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, your turn. So, yes, we can come to each other and ask, hey, help me to see so I can repent. Help me to forgive. Walk me through the process. Help me to expel. 
but you actually get to a point where you can do it yourself. I take inventory all the time. I'm like, oh man, I'm feeling really trapped in like some unforgiveness right now. It's fueled a little bit more than just my emotions. I better break this off of me. You can do, you can do it yourself. But tonight, we're going to help you. We're going to give you the chance to say, you know what's in your life that shouldn't be there. Even if you can't name it, you know there's something in your life. That's why we pray with others. Sometimes other people can name it. Oh, oh, oh that, that pattern, I see it's coming from this identity. Hey, is this identity from anything? Oh, that's from this trauma? And that's why it's a relational journey. And this is a process we go through. And typically, if we can break the root, the fruit falls off. And we just kick off all these other yokes by saying, I expel you, I cast you, I break this in Jesus' name. You don't have to yell. You don't have to shout. I don't know. I don't sit there arguing with demons. No, you get out. No, I don't want to. No, you get out. No, I don't want to. No, it's, come on. We stand in the authority. Hey, look, you see this yoke on me that's glowing white like heaven? You know who's, who's pulling on those reins? You don't want to mess with him. And we stand in our authority. And we break it off. That's it, guys. The, the entire idea of freedom is knowing that you need to be free and choosing to cast it off. Would any of you want to choose to cast it off tonight? Can anyone think of things that they are carrying that they don't want to carry anymore? Yeah. I know you can't. What we're going to do is we're going to come to a time of prayer. I'm going to pray over a couple specific things that God has shown me. But then we're going to have the ministry team up afterwards. And I encourage as many of you as possible to come up and get prayer. You know, and these should be quick prayers. It's just come up, hey, what are you seeing me? Or, hey, I already see this on myself. We're just going to agree to take those yokes off because I want you to live the life that is fully free when it's yoked to Jesus. Sound good? Okay. So... We're going to go in order, right? We have those five steps. Why don't we do that? The first step of submit. You need that yoke of Jesus on you. You have to be submitted to him for this to really take its root. And there are some of us in here who are saying, I want some of this freedom in my life. But you recognize that maybe you haven't actually submitted to Jesus' yoke before you get some of these other yokes off. So I just want you guys to close your eyes. It's a holy moment. And if that's you, and you've never submitted yourself to Jesus, you're not yoked to him, he's not steering your life, this is step one. I want you to raise your hand right now and just tell him I want to be yoked to you. If that's you, come on. If you want that yoke of Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on. This is such a potent first step. It's time to say, Jesus, I'm ready to be yoked to you. I'm giving you my life. I'm submitting to you. Come on. That's powerful. That's powerful. In fact, let's just pray over that. I want you guys to repeat after me. Jesus, I thank you that you died and rose again for me, not just for my sins, before my freedom, I receive your yoke. In Jesus' name.
come on. Hey, that's pretty powerful. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty good step. Now, we're all going to go through this next part of the prayer together. But for some of you, if you're not quite sure what you did or what, what comes next, my boy Ted over here, come talk to him afterwards. We'll get your resource. We're going to tell you what comes next. But until then, I'll tell you what comes next. It's time to repent. Some of you know the lies that you've been living under. Sometimes they're the things you've done. Not all sin is things you've done. Jesus said, if, if you look at another woman longingly in your heart, you've committed sin. See, Jesus knows that sin is also the things we think and the things we feel. If there are things in your life that you know aren't kingdom and you need to repent of them right now, I just want you just to think about it. I just want you to think about it. And what we're gonna do is I'm gonna pray a prayer of release. And while I'm praying it, I want you to release it. And I'm gonna pray loud so you can say it under your breath if you want. The person next to you doesn't have to hear you. But God, I thank you right now for the power of repentance, the ability to come in. And we release right now, we release the sins that we've been carrying, we release the lies that we've been carrying. And I want you to, to speak it. I want you to speak it and say, I'm done with it. I repent of this. I repent of this lie, Father. I repent of this sin. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I choose today to release, to cast off this thing in Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. Yeah. I love it. Holy moments. Next, we need to go through forgiveness. It's time to release others. And in fact, most people, this is the hardest part. Most people will not receive their freedom because they're just not ready to release someone. Here's the thing. Sometimes the people you release are others. Sometimes it's yourself. Sometimes we are the most guilty of holding ourselves in contempt. Sometimes it's God. Sometimes you have to release God for not doing what you thought he would do. So I want, again, I want you to think about, eyes closed, just think about who have you been holding? Who carries way too much heaviness in your heart? Is it a loved one? Is it a friend? Is it a stranger? Is it someone who hurt you? Is it God? Is it yourself? Again, as I pray, I want you to speak it out and say, I release you. I release you. I release you. I release you. I can even feel power right now. Come on, thank you, Jesus, for the release, for the release of forgiveness right now, right now. I want you guys to dig deep. You have the strength to release it. You will not stumble. You will not fall. Release it right now. Release, 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 release. In Jesus' name, thank you, God, for the releasing, for the releasing, for the things that we've been holding. Release it. We're just going to linger in this moment for a minute. Release it. Come on. Well, we're now ready. We're now ready to cast it off. We're now ready to expel the oppression, expel the demons that have attached themselves to our lives. And I'm going to call out a few things in particular that I think are present in the room and then we're going to bring the ministry team forward and you guys can come up for prayer but I just want you guys just to focus just to go through that again keep taking inventory of the things to repent for the things to forgive 
And as I call these things out, if they're you, I'll have you raise your hand. The first thing I see right now is there are some of you who are trapped in shame. You, you feel, you feel dirty. There's parts of you that just, uh, I hate myself. If you've ever said that, I hate myself, I'm, I'm no good, I'm shameful. That is a lie. Oh, that is a lie. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I break the yoke of shame over your life. I break self-hate over your life in Jesus' name. Come on, come on. Come on, that is broken. That is broken. You are beloved to the Father. You are worthy to receive freedom today. We break that lie. Come on. The next thing I see is there are those of you who have been caught in striving. That you, you find out that your life is driven by the approval of others. That you realize that you're not, you're not living truly free, but that you, you, want, you want to be good so you will be accepted. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. If, if you have... You feel like only, I, 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 I can't even get, ah. You feel trapped by the other way, by the way that others view you. We're breaking that right now. That is, that is a yoke that doesn't belong in you. In the name of Jesus, I break that yoke. I break the performing spirit. I break the religious spirit over this room in Jesus' name. That, that spirit of inadequacy, the fear of man, I break it over you. In Jesus' name, I declare right now that there is freedom throughout this room over that area. That you'd be set free to be who you are, not according to how others perceive you or how you perceive others perceive you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, come on. The next thing I see is there are those of you who are trapped in feeling like you're stuck in life. You just can't get promoted. You can't make ends meet. You can't seem to break through. There's, there's a glass ceiling over, over your success in life. If that's you, why don't you raise your hand? No matter how hard you try, it just, it just can't seem to break through. Things just keep going against you. And it's like, you know, your bank account is, has a hole in the bottom of it just dripping away or the promotions keep escaping you or no matter what you try, you keep finding new jobs every six to 12 months and there's just something over that. And I feel like for some of you, this has been generational. That you aspired to be more than your parents, that you find yourself in the same place as your parents. Right now, I break the curse of poverty over this room. I break the generational curse of poverty over this room. In fact, I break every generational curse over this room. It all ends today. It all ends today, Father. The curses are broken. The yokes are cast off. In Jesus' name, and every generational curse in this room is shattered in Jesus' name. Okay, I want you guys to stand up. Come on. Anyone getting anything so far? Anyone feeling any lighter? Any more peaceful? I want you guys to repeat after me. In Jesus' name, I am free. I break 
every yoke, every stronghold, every oppression that the enemy has over my life. I am free. I am accepted. I am whole. I am at peace. I am powerful. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.